Crescendo Studio presents The Way Through. In this series, we interview established players in the New Zealand music industry to find out what they do, how they do it, and how they can help emerging musicians and producers on their way through. This podcast was funded thanks to Recorded Music New Zealand. In this episode of The Way Through, we talk to Joost Langveld, musician, songwriter, producer, label owner, and co-director of Big Pop Studio in Auckland. We had a chat about releasing music, when, where, how, and what you need to think about when making a release strategy. Hear about Joost's career moves, what a record label could do for you, and what you might want to do to help yourself to get noticed. Welcome to the studio, Joost. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah. Yeah, We really do appreciate you coming. (laughs) Yeah. We're just going to do a reasonably deep dive into some musical catch-ups and seeing what you've been doing in the industry and how the industry looks to you. So what have you been up to recently? Boy, boy. boy. Yeah, 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 let's jump into it. Opening up a big can of worms. Starting point, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, What have I been up to recently? Um, Well, we touch quite a few things in the industry. So like um, most recently, I've been wearing the label hat. So we've been releasing some new music by Juju Lips and Proteins of Magic and Neil McLeod. So those have been the three projects this year. So yeah, I've been involved in sending out campaign strategies, rollout strategies, marketing strategies for, for those releases primarily, and then making sure they get executed along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so you are part of a team at Big Pop you guys all work together to make that happen. Yeah. How important is it to have that team where the expertise is spread across? T- team is so utterly mm. crucial, in my opinion. It's a, it makes all the difference. I mean, you can obviously work to people's individual strengths and their knowledge. And just even just having a team of one other person, a team of two, already sets up that situation where you can call each other's um, bullshit a little bit. Yeah, like you can... Mm. You can you can yeah. get to the end point much quicker. Yeah, the the, the power of two exceeds uh, yeah three individuals. I reckon so. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, very makes a lot of difference. Yeah, it's an interesting one because we think when you're starting out as an artist, so you're making good music and you're sharing it with your friends, and you may have uploaded it to platforms and it's getting plays. You may be doing a couple of live gigs and starting to kind of get that scene. So. There's quite a few people that are in that zone, right? Oh, absolutely. But, but still mm. don't really have a grasp on on that other side of things. And I and I, to- and I totally agree. And I think yeah, what you're describing there, people are doing exactly the right thing for what they need to do. I think you're already touching on a really important one is playing gigs. I would argue if you're playing a gig, you might be in a band or maybe you got, you know, you're working with an engineer or a DJ. You're already, you're already in some kind of partnership or some sort of team, team environment at that point, anyway. Uh, so I've, I would argue, at every level, you're kind of teaming up somewhere along the way. Uh, even if you're using DistroKit versus DRM, you're just picking a different team that's doing a little bit of batting for you. I think when artists get a little bit bigger or maybe more serious about what they want to get from their journey with their music. I think a more bespoke team or you know, a team that is kind of sort of focused on their project specifically can be can make a huge difference. Mm. Um, but I think people should really definitely figure out what they like about the journey and what they're good at themselves. I mean, some people are great at running their own social media campaigns. Some people are really terrible at it. You know, there's only one mm. way to find out. It's me. Try it out. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't mean you, but me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, it's it's quite a big jump for people to think, will my music carry itself? Mm. And unfortunately, really un- 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 unfortunately, yeah. yeah, music by itself is no longer enough. Yeah, and that's a really sad thing to have to say. But yeah, you know, it's you can have the best song in the world, but if you don't have the um, the story around it or the imagery to kind of elevate it or to connect into media or whatever you need to kind of get it heard, that song is just going to be a song that sits somewhere, uh, whether it's on SoundCloud or Spotify, it doesn't really matter. But there's no magic button that that song is going to get discovered without help. Mm, that's right. Yeah, we we um um I'm starting to call it the fifty percent, like the fifty fifty. You know, I used to call it the eighty twenty, to where twenty percent um you know was attributed to your music, and mm. the other eighty percent was everything else. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're old school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, I, I think that is that's very po- important. And that, and that I, would almo- that, I would almost I would almost argue, yeah, I, I've almost moved to a seventy five twenty five now, yeah. and unfortunately, that's skewed. Yeah, in the yeah. direction of having to do all the other stuff mm. uh, more than than even the music. So, yeah. yeah, which is, yeah. And I sort of I, I do have a, a slight anecdote. Well, I have an anecdotal story from when I was kind of kicking up as a producer when I was sort of in my twenties, and I remember doing something for a major label, and I I didn't really do much stuff. Well, I, that was the first time for me, and I remember taking the dead tape in because I was you know, still recording stuff on the dead tape, mm-hmm. and the person I can't even remember who it was took the dead tape and said, "Yeah." And now 75% of the work starts. And I sort of looked at him and said, oh, you're a bit of a dick. <laughs> but, but in hindsight, he's kind of correct. He wasn't yeah. nice about it, but yeah. 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 Just made me feel a bit small at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mm. mean, out of that, like, um, you know, talking about that that ratio, I guess what are what are some key things to, to remember? Like after the song is done, you know, in your experience, what have you found like, the moment the song is done and, you know, like that person said, the 75% starts, like what what are some of the key things to start with like as soon as that song is done? Yeah, no, no a very, very good point. And I think even even before the song is done, it's, it's kind of examining or kind of having a chat or a think about what your expectations are from mm. doing music in general. I mean, some people just really love the community aspect of making music. Yeah, jamming with the band is that's mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, yeah. that's kind of how I grew up as well. I love that. Uh, other people want to be rich and famous. Unlikely to happen, but yeah, yeah but that's that, that's that's a goal and I'm not saying it's a realistic goal, but it's 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 yeah. it's it's a totally understandable goal. But there's lots of there's lots in between as well. So you can you can deep dive that stuff too by going, well actually I'd like to with this single release, I'd like to grow my Instagram following by a hundred. Yep. tangible yeah can can do that or i want to get a thousand plays on spotify that's tangible or i want to sell an extra 10 gigs to my show next week yep. yeah you can so if, if you can kind of set those targets you can you can work towards yeah, achieving those and 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 using the songs release or the campaign you can structure it in a way that you kind of achieve those kind of goals mm. because you can't really do everything it's too big the world's too big you can't do all the things at the same time, uh, not unless you're Beyonce or mm. someone massive, you know, yeah. You, and and then it's just a whole other game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's always something that you didn't do in the last campaign. Totally, yeah. That, yeah. that, that, that you oh, should man. have done in this one, right? So, and I, and I think that that's when I start thinking about it, and I'm like, 
okay, what do I need to uh, learn to release a song? And then mm. you start reading these things and you're like, eh, that's a massive list. Okay, how about we just <laughs> how about we just get one onto a platform? Totally. You right. know, so yeah. like they're, they're, they're all achievable things. And then quite often what you hear now is, oh, you should have recorded the the entire production process to use into the lead up of, you know, releasing the single, all, you know, all, stuff all like those that. Things, right? yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, I didn't get any footage. Can I release the song? You know, like, yeah, um, you know, and if, so you learn about all that stuff like along the yeah, way. You learn along the way. And actually, I had this conversation this morning. We, yeah, we just released someone's single and kind of the things we could have done better in the rollout. And you're like, oh, shit, we should have done that. Of course. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, you everything is unique yeah. and everything is needs its own journey. Yeah. There's not one right way to do anything. Yeah. Everything depends on the song, depends on the artist, depends mm. on the climate, the, the feng shui, the zeitgeist, you know, whatever you yeah. want to call it, yeah, yeah, yeah. all those words. It, it, it's it's lap of God's kind of stuff. A lot of mm. it. I would say that in terms of planning your release out. So if you've got a song ready, my first question is, what comes next? I, yeah, I want to know what's your second single, what's your third single, because I think once you set the first one up, if you then wait for twelve months before you do your next mm. thing, you're kind of wasting your energy, or you're yeah. wasting a lot of your energy. I'm not just saying you're wasting all your energy, but it's really good to kind of think of things in a bigger, in a bigger way, you know. So, like, okay, what what's the entire journey looks like? Is is this the first single for what will end up being an EP or an album, or is it a whole bunch of standalone stuff? So, it's, so yeah, it's really good to understand how that connects, that single connects to whatever's going to come after, and that relates to maybe how you shoot your your press photos. You might just do one photo shoot but you might get three different looks and there's three different yeah. singles you can yeah. you, you can maximize your time and your budget yeah. so that's that that's just a smart way of planning stuff but yep. you, you kind of need yep. to kind of know a little bit what's coming next and then really it's sort of yeah building your strategy so like that's kind of what you guys were alluding to before as well you kind of well got the song what else is there mm. we kind of call it assets it's a horrible word, word for something that's really mm. creative Assets can be yeah, little stills from your studio time, maybe little bios on the, the the people that might have contributed to your project, maybe anecdotal stuff of inspiration for the song, the house you grew up in, I mean, all that kind of stuff. You might have filmed a little bit. It's yeah, so you got a big pile of stuff that sort of opens up the communication or the or or the conversation around. Well, what are we going to do with this? How can we how can we use this to kind of elevate or talk about the single so you you you, you, know, you might use still images in conjunction with artworks i have my singles coming and actually you know, this is the house i grew up in and the song is about that you know you could yeah. you, you can be really literal it can be much more ambiguous mm -hmm. so uh, so yeah building a pile of stuff you know, yeah assets yeah, yeah. Um, then you know it's writing maybe the PR document and the PR document is sort of a little bit of bio, a little bit about you as an artist. Mm -hmm. For a lot of young artists, they haven't done much yet, so it's not a lot, lot to say. So, the, so what can you kind of bring to that document that's a little bit exciting? Maybe there's a little bit of beef you want to introduce and say, "Hey, I'm going, I'm calling out Snoop Dogg because yeah, yeah, for whatever reason, and I'm putting this in there and it's funny," or maybe it's about. Yet again, the story of the song, or the process, or why you're doing stuff. You're kind of building that written imagery that people go, "Oh, I want yeah. to check this out because that sounds exciting." Yeah, um, yeah. So it's building 
all that kind of stuff. And then from there, you, you can build your, you kind of roll out strategies. You go, well, we've got all the assets. We've created a bunch of maybe Instagram posts that are, we've used the images that we've filmed and mm-hmm. and collected. Got a bunch of captions because we've written a bio and we can take the captions from the bio and yeah, we can start rolling that out. At the same time, you probably want to email some people, say, hey, this is coming. Maybe it's radio, maybe it's friends and family. Yeah, your database, get it out there. Start having the communication. Hmm. Yeah, in the lead up. It's interesting you say that because it's kind of confirmed some of the stuff that I'm doing with a few of our artists at the moment. <laughs> you know, we, we, we took advantage on shoot day for the video to do the cover art. Yeah, man. To do press shots, like everything. While we've got that great camera there. Yeah. Get everything as yeah. much as we can. Yeah, um, you're so right, and 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 it's 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 about maximizing the available budget and sometimes the talent. You know, sometimes you've got a, a great, yeah, yeah, director who's got a great eye. I mean, get him, and get, get him to shoot a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be. You know, you need a a videographer, a photographer, or a, you know, it's just that can all be one no. person. That can all be a a, a smartphone these yeah, days. One hundred percent. You mentioned, I just want to go back to one of the things you're saying, like, you know, one thing that I struggle with, because I, I, I love to help our artists write bios. Um, I'm, I'm terrible with words. But when we when we come to, you know, like when we write our bios, for guys like us who have been in it for a while, there's a lot that we can throw in there. There's a lot of achievements and stuff. Yeah. Like, But we've, well, I find it quite hard to when I'm helping them to highlight, you know, certain achievements in their bio, like, what kind of angles are good to take for somebody who hasn't yet had an opportunity to achieve? I know, right? And and a lot of artists don't see the specialness in themselves that someone yeah, from the outside yeah. looking in does see, right? You know, so you know when you're reading a bio about an artist online, you know you're like, this person sounds amazing. Yeah. So it's like you know how how does how does one, I guess, write that about themselves? You know what what do we focus on when we're trying to highlight? What's beautiful about ourselves or our music and things like that? Like. It's a it's a really really tricky question that one because you're kind of tapping into a few things. I mean, my my, my short answer is get someone else to write it yeah. for you. Yeah. So that's uh, because yeah, how people view you is probably how an audience would see mm. you as well. So I mean, mm. I think that's there's something in that. It's really difficult to talk about yourself. Yeah, it's really easy to kind of yeah, ranging from imposter syndrome right through to yeah, yeah to yeah. to low self-confidence all these things are kind of they're, they're real things yeah they mm. kind of, um, so it's kind of how you navigate that and how do you big yourself up and especially in new zealand where we don't particularly like to talk about our own achievements much anyway uh, or struggle with culturally we don't do that very comfortably yeah uh, so that's a that's a, that's a real tricky space um i think maybe sometimes humor is a really good thing to maybe mm-hmm. um, lighten, yeah, to, lighten, yeah, to lighten things up or just being doing a little things a little different and i just uh, just just popped into my head but so, last year someone just kind of they did a little bit of a pr campaign and they just, they just send a red rose which is kind of odd yeah but it was kind of yeah Who's sending me a red rose? This yeah. is really <laughs> uncomfortable. But yeah. but it made me look at it, and there was a um, um, what do you got a QR code in it, so I kind of figured out where it came from. But it made me listen to the song. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was a way of kind of grabbing my attention. Yeah, it was yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. It was still a kind of a unique way of doing it. I think I got one of those. Roses yeah, you know too. the one. Yeah. <laughs> you know where it came from. Yeah, you know the one. Yeah, you know the one. So and yeah, and, and I mean Shout there was some, yeah, totally, totally, one hundred percent. But 
I really liked the fact that they were thinking that way. Yeah. And 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 going, well, that's because it was one out of the box. It was kind yeah. of, I haven't seen that for a long time. But yeah, a bit of pay all in the form of a red rose. Well, I, I, I used to know the um well I still know him, but he used to be the general manager of a clothing label that I won't mention, but they're massive and they're into sports and you know they, they have um, sports in they their tick name. the box. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know when he um when he started his new job he sent um one of his shoes in a shoe box. Um so like just creative thinking. Yeah. And then they had a letter in there and then the top of it was now that I have a foot in the door. Yeah. And then the rest of his C V and whatever, you know. Yeah, super clever. Mm, yeah. yeah. And, and you know a smart way. You know? Yeah. And you don't want to overplay that hand as well because I mean, especially when you're first starting out, I yeah. mean that person's probably Send a clown with balloons to <laughs> yeah. I might just be a little bit much, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit overwhelming for the recipient and a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's kind of timing that stuff, understanding where you're kind of at in your career as well. So yeah. that's um, yeah, yeah. Mm. No, but I think I think crazy ideas are good. Yeah, yeah, no. and, and I guess like it's also coming up with like how do you how do you do that digitally? Yeah. Like, how do you get the rose into people's inboxes and for them to open up, you know, open yep. that up and where are artists, you know, where, where can, where should they focus their attention as well? I know, right? And it's, yeah. So does is it, it okay to market to auntie and uncle, you know, and I, I, I think Facebook so. I, mean, and, I, I, I think, I think so. But if you think about concentric circles, like a, a target on a, on, on a, yeah, on a disc or the yeah. ring, the rings of a tree, you think about if, if the artist is right back in the middle, then the rings are the different layers of audience. Mm. The first layer would be friends and family. Yeah. Right? And, and yeah. they don't necessarily love your music, yeah. but they love you. So yeah. they, 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 they're going to buy a t-shirt, come to your show, uh, talk to everyone about you because they love you. Yeah. And they kind of, yeah. So th to me, they are a very vital part of, yeah. of, of yeah. your audience. So you're totally market to them. Yeah. Let auntie know you've got something, yeah. you've got something coming. I'd say the circle outside of that is sort of that industry circle. So like if you go to shows and you might meet the person who's taking your money at the, at the front door or, mm -hmm. or who's mixing the band or the bar person, that's the next circle may also not like your music, but yeah. they, they're in the same scene as you. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they see you, you see them and they see people like you. Yeah. And they will also talk about you. And if you're a nice person, they'll say, oh, yeah, they're pretty cool. You should probably check them out because they're nice people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're a bit of a dick, they might not, they, yeah. they might not be so kind. So yeah. it's, it's, it's good to play that game. So it's, th those are the very tangible audiences. Those, those are me, those, those early ones in terms of kind of dealing with that in a, in a, in a, in a digital space or a virtual space, man, it's hard. It's and yeah. It is about building networks. So I mean, I do think the power of social media is is real. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of mm. how do you encourage people to follow you so that you can talk to them later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about the single that's coming up. How do you get people to follow you on Spotify or whatever is important to you? Yeah, mm -hmm. SoundCloud, all the, all those kinds of um, environments. And I think almost and connected to that is what are the communities that you can tap into that are already doing things that are similar to you, that where do you belong? If you're making hip hop, there's loads of um, groups or yeah, communities, digital communities that you can probably be part of. Mm -hmm. It's the same with, yeah, if you're making house music or, or drum and bass, I mean, there will be these kind of networks. So, so it's kind of figuring out where that's at, where do you belong? Mm -hmm. Picking your tribe is, yeah, and, and being part of communities and being an active part of communities is really vital too to 
yeah, to to to, awesome. to being creative. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, and and, and I kind of talk. I often ask artists when we're having conversations like this. I say, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you like going to gigs? And I'm almost surprised that a lot of them say, well, I don't really go to gigs very much. And I go, well, you expect people to come to see you play, but you don't go see anyone else play. That's that doesn't make sense. Yeah. If you want people to come to your shows, you got to go to other people's shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the unwritten contract in a way or that's the agreement you go, yeah, yeah. you got to make if, yeah. if you want to be part of a creative community and not only that you need to see how how good other people are so you can be better yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. and, and another thing with like because you know if we're on the topic of breaking out like I, I know that like how much power a live performance has for example like when you play somebody a song they might not like it as much as they do when you play it live yeah man live has this kind of you know, like that. This is something that I try to tell um, the artists that we that we work with is like, you really need to start thinking about live performance because I know how much power it has. No man, I, I think we're yeah, and I, I agree one hundred percent. And um, um, I mean, that's the if you're thinking about those concentric circles again, that's the circle out, the next one out. Yeah. You have your industry, and then you go, well, people that have seen you live. Mm-hmm. We're all, we're all probably the same bands we saw or an act we might have seen a decade ago yeah. and that impressed us at the time. Mm-hmm. You'll probably still check out that new release. If they're dropping yeah. a new single tomorrow, you'll probably check it yeah. out, even though yeah. they, might, they might be a bit sucky now. You still you will still listen to it yeah. and still give them that kudos or that, that respect. from. I, I yeah. can't listen to certain genres, but I can watch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole other <laughs> experience. That's, yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, now live is live is so important. We're, we're not very well served in definitely in, in, in Tamaki. Yeah, in terms of mm-hmm. live outlets, yeah. especially for emerging artists, I think there's a real shortage yeah. of of opportunity, which is a real shame. I think so. Like whatever councils get your shit together, we yeah, need, yeah, we, we yeah. need, way, we need way, way more way more access to buildings and places. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I think a lot of what that kind of kept coming back to is like if we're overwhelmed wondering what to do it's like get a second opinion Mm. you know reach out to to somebody because if you want to grow eventually you're going to have to connect with a community or you know this thing it's like i don't have any good photos it's like well don't worry about the what you're going to to wear and what you're going to where you're going to get the shots done and how it's going to look and how you get you know it's just like getting the opinion of an expert photographer yeah. mm. and like that might not even be a very big barrier to entry it might cost you 150 200 bucks to get all those photos done that's a point that i got out of what you're saying that there, yeah. there's always just like okay like if you're stuck there's always someone that you could reach out to that's not going to cost a whole heap just to kind of get the ball rolling i think so and you're yeah. going to learn you're going to learn from that you're paying for the learn experience you, you well. pay better for learn for sure so that, that's that's a reality i think the other thing that because we started talking about teams and you know, that yeah. sort of idea of teamwork and i think teamwork in a way are a shortcut to some of those obstacles that you're talking about i mean if you maybe have a label team or you've got a, a live booker or mm-hmm. you know, that that's that is part of your team or you've got a band i mean you know, all of a sudden there's five of you or whatever connecting to find or finding that photographer that might be right for you has become five times easier yeah because there's more there's more connections that you can all tap into um so that's part of the part mm. of the idea for sure yeah mm. yeah second opinions are huge um i, I think, think so get, yeah. getting that the feedback on a song yeah man i think like so many people are sitting in that that space 
where it's like, oh, I don't know. It's like people might like it. Yeah. You could be sitting on a song that people want to hear, but you're already, you know, you're anticipating what people were going to say back to you before you've even asked. Before it. you've even asked, exactly. Um, and this is, yeah, and because a lot of it compared to when I was growing up musically or when, when I started out, everything's kind of upside down mm-hmm. um, now. Yeah, we used to play live first and then save up money so we'd go to the studio and record those songs. Yeah. Um, so you kind of already road tested those songs in front of an audience. And you kind of, well, yeah. these five songs worked, the other ones a bit, yeah. Yeah. They're not so great because people didn't dance to them or whatever. Yeah, or, you know, we got bad feedback. Yeah, because yeah. you don't have to be a recording artist to be a performing artist. Hell no. no yeah, hell no. it can go either way. It can go either no, way. It can be it? the chicken or the egg that comes first. Yeah, and so I would almost argue that it's, it's really good to road test your songs before you record. But then the other flip to that is it used to be that studios were really expensive mm-hmm. and mm. and people were kind of cheap. Now it's the flip. Studios, laptop. Yeah. And reasonably inexpensive plugins yeah the kind of gear that we never even had access to is now in a in a plugin format and yeah you can yeah you can download for not that very yeah for yeah. not for, for not for not crazy money yeah, yeah. um so that, that's all that's a total flip and that's awesome i mean I, i've got no no beef with that and i think that's mm-hmm. great but it's really nice to sometimes think back about yeah why things are working slightly differently because you're right i mean you could argue there's too many songs out there that are looking for places to be mm-hmm. recognized, and it's, that's, pro- that's probably true. Um, well, that's actually true. Well, yeah, if you yeah. think of the Spotify stat like every week, I think it's like, what was it, like 60,000? I know, every day. Every, every day. Oh, it's, every day? Mm, I yeah. thought it was week. No, man. No, it's oh, a, wow. No, it's, 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 cra- it's crazy. 60,000 every day. It's crazy numbers. Yeah. 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 So you got to, so the, and you know, you could argue that a lot of that is kind of back catalog or, yeah, stuff that's been around before that yeah. might not really, really impact you. But yeah, there's just a lot of music out there. Mm. Um, in terms of, um, oh, you, you were talking about getting feedback and stuff like that. Yeah. One of the things that sort of, that is a bit different is you know, now you can make a song and you can release it yourself. Nothing wrong with that. You, know, you can stick it on SoundCloud tonight. You can have it on Spotify in a couple of days if you mm. use an aggregator. I mean, that's that's all super easy. But what is kind of missing is, or it's not missing, but what used to be there that's no longer there is the investment of different people along the way or different entities along the way. Like if you, uh, I kind of call them filters in a way. Like if you working with yeah as an artist you might be working with a producer that might be your first filter mm-hmm. you know you, uh, maybe if you're working with a record label and they give you some feedback or they go well actually we like these two songs but that one's a bit shit we're not putting that one out yeah. that's a that's a filter um maybe a publicity company yeah that you might be working with so well actually we're just picking them up with the video because the other two are not that great that's a filter so your audience is a filter so look it's i think filters are really good um, mm. but filters are probably happening at a stage of production where the song's already finished often. Mm-hmm. So it would be really nice to have more filters that are with the artist earlier on, but they're still conceptualizing a lot of their journey or their rec- yeah. be- before they commit to recording or spending a lot of money on production or mastering all those kind of yeah. music videos. Yeah. Because at the top level, and I always compare people starting out, how much we hold on to what we're doing. Yeah. When you're working at the top, there's no time for that, right? It's like, okay, we need to get some concepts for like 50 songs 
for this album. You're yeah. going to work with all these different teams of songwriters, then we're going to pick the best ones. So it's like mm. all of a sudden when you're at the top working for a major label, the urgency is, you know, so much more intense yeah. that they're throwing ideas and then rejecting them day in, day out. Trying, yeah, no, trying to land and, on something that's <clears throat> worth working on. And I think you could, because you're touching sort of on the creative stuff and actually from experience and from what I've kind of observed, often the creative is not often challenged in that kind of way too much. I mean, yes, there's feedback mm -hmm. of, hey, well, out of these 20 songs, these 10 are the best ones and those other 10 might just get shelved because they're not quite as good. Often it's not like, hey, these, yeah, these songs are a bit shit. Yeah, it's not, that, that, that's not quite the conversation, mm -hmm. but you do, yeah. But when there's a level of in, of investment, and that's not, I'm not just talking about money, but people investment time and all that kind of stuff, and people involved, big teams like Beyonce. I mean, I don't know yeah. how big their team is, but it'd be, yeah. be many hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, yeah, um, this is not a lot of time to muck around, and, and, yeah, you're kind of getting through all those processes much quicker to kind of get to the point, well, now we've got the 10 songs that we want. Mm. Yeah. On that, like, um, I guess I'm not sure whether this is a question or whether I'm asking for an opinion, but, you know, like when we think about these filters, another thing that I guess I've found is like, is like, when do you release, you know, or when do you start putting music out? Because, you know, in a world where anybody can make a song and put it out, is that a bad thing for, um, I guess, up and coming artists to, to release their very first song? I've found through working with different artists that a lot of them are very hungry to get the music out there, but a lot of them are releasing the undeveloped version of themselves. You know, mm. you've got the artist who is like, you know, I'm not happy with my voice yet. Five years later, they sound amazing. And they're like, yeah. yeah. Then you have an artist who doesn't know that yet. Other people might have opinion like you're not ready to release because, you know, your voice is not that great or the song's not that great or whatever it is. But they still put music out yeah, there. Man. I think I, I, th I think you're touching on some really, really yeah, real things. And I think the first my first feedback is that artists grow up in public mm. um, now versus that's great versus that's great artists grow up in public, but versus maybe in the olden days. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I hate going back to. I love you, you, you using that, but, but, but <laughs> that, 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 that idea of, of an artist being in development for three or four years mm. was quite normal. Definitely in the indie scene, that doesn't really, mm. that's not really real anymore. So in terms of your question, when, when should an artist release music? Because yeah. there think, is natural born talent. Oh, right? 100%. Yeah. And also, but, but I also think, yeah, so sort of, I think a few things and yeah, they don't, they're not all the same thing. So they're kind of yeah. contradictory as well, because yet again, I don't think there's one answer for, for, for this. A lot of it depends on where the artist is kind of at. Do they have a bit of a scene? Are they active? Yeah. Do they have a community that they can talk to? Mm. And in which case, I think they should just put their music out and just yeah. go and, and grow up with their community. They will support them. And yeah. in turn, the artist will support their community and they will yeah. grow up, they will grow up together. I would argue that if an artist is very isolated, because we, I see that a bit too, where maybe someone's studied songwriting in isolation, COVID isolation. Yeah. They're yeah. kind of making their music in isolation and they haven't quite figured out who they are as an artist. I would say encourage them to slow down a little bit. Mm. Um, tricky. That's a really tricky yeah. thing to maneuver because no one, no one, you, you don't really want to hold people back. Yeah. You just want to do what's right for them. But yeah. as you already pointed out, that's not always how 
yeah, that's that's yeah. taken or seen by them as well. So it's it's a really tricky space. And, and it's and it's interesting that you you share the community thing because uh, one thing I'd like to share was that one of um uh, the young people that we mentor and then he became um, an apprentice with us, Louis. Um, shout out Louis. Was that he he used his friends groups like on Instagram, but he got to know them on a music level as in what artists like they enjoy, so what type of music they enjoy. Um, and then he created just these private chat groups with, you know, like with different Love friends. That. Love that. Um, some of them, you know, had the same people in, in each one of those groups, but when he would experiment with his music, he would send it to them and go, hey, guys, what do you think of this? Because he knew that this lot was into yeah. this kind of hip-hop and then this lot is into this kind of hip-hop and that. So he was using his friends. I love that. That's, to that's, help that's him amazing. filter out, you know, like, his music and then he would sometimes give all the groups the same song and then they would all come back with positive feedback and he'd be like oh, okay. oh that's that's that one's going there out we go. yeah yeah, you know, yeah. I, I love that and, and and that's that's kind of a and r by yeah community a and r love yeah. that i love that idea yeah that's, that's yeah. so good it's it's awesome one thing i was going to say too yeah in 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 light of what we're talking about before and people releasing music mm. If you look at yeah big American ex, uh, artists or, or or UK artists, you hardly ever find anything that they did before they broke through. And there's a there's a really good reason for that because by the time they break through, often their management company or they themselves or their label will clean up or clean yeah what might have happened, I've heard of this might have happened yeah. might have happened before yeah so they will take yeah there's a way of taking things down yeah 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 if 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 needed. Yeah, yeah, I've so, heard of yeah. yeah get yeah. on your SoundCloud now and delete everything. Totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> tidy, tidy up your socials. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All that Clean kind of stuff. The yeah, whole man. thing. Yeah. Because yeah. we're always fascinated when we hear a first demo. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, yeah. scratch tapes of somebody's yeah. studio recording. And you're like, this is gold. Yeah. You're like, you want to hear the creative process. Um, but yeah, you're right. You don't yeah. really hear much of that. You don't really hear. But yeah, I mean, you might hear those things that they might mm. leave because they are. They are cool, and yep. but you won't hear. You might, you you won't hear not, no, no real shit. Is you might not way. hear the first song they <laughs> ever released. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The developing version of themselves. I yeah. know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually just thinking about the whole release thing, how there's always an anomaly which makes us question strategies, mm. right? Still, I think it comes down to there's still a point where there's been an interaction between two people, and it could just be two people it always reminds me of the post malone story where he was just like in a pretty decent studio or like a really decent studio mm. where people were kind of milling around you're immediately in the community you know you're in a community yeah. where people are making tracks there's somebody down the hallway 100 somebody's doing this mm. yo come check out this track where we're working on wow it's sounding really mean okay cool you know and everyone i think the story is that everyone said to him hold on you know, this is a real good song. Just have a release strategy. Yeah. Just hold mate, on. And he mate. goes, what for? Yeah. And so he posted it that night, but it was just because of a couple of shares for from influential people that it took off, it took off on SoundCloud. That. Yeah. And that was it. You no, know, milli- you know, a few million plays. Later, yeah. Um, yeah. And, it's, and it's so true. And, it's, and, and I think the first thing you kind of touch on is that sort of community and yeah, what you guys are doing here at Crescendo is obviously a very good example of that. Yeah, people being able to see other people doing similar things and learning from that. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that isolation thing is a real, I think it's a real problem. You know, it's uh, people trying to do things all by themselves without context, real context of you know, how the community might react to that. That's, all, that's always a tricky space. You, know? you mm-hmm. see a lot of kind of young people kind of, I'm great on the guitar and I write songs in my bedroom, but they've never taken those songs out of the bedroom. Yeah. Yet, you know, cause, and that's, yeah. Well, well, that's something I wanted to add to what you were saying earlier about like, you know, if we're still on the release thing or like sharing music with, you know, auntie and uncle and that, um, because another thing that is very real with new artists is just that shyness or that fear of, of being rejected, mm. you know, so putting the song out and then nobody likes it. I, th- I think yeah. I think if you've put out fifteen songs and yeah. nobody likes it, I think that's a sign. But after one or two, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they really don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just keep right. going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah there's, a, there's, there's a there's a good grandma saying. Every, there's a, there's a, there's a lid for every jar, right? And so that's yeah. yeah. Someone someone will like your music somewhere. It's just yeah. It's yeah. going to kind of take a time to f- for them to find you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because sometimes we sometimes where we market is potentially just the wrong audience. Mm. You know, an extreme um, well, example is don't market a hip hop song to a rock crowd. Totally, or you know? or or even have the same expectations. I mean, and I think New Zealand yet again has its own kind of unique environment. Yeah, if you yeah, I, I see this a bit. You know, you might have a hip hop act. You know, using a, a PR company to try and get PR in an environment that is totally not suited for mm. PR, for for their style of music. I mean, there's no point taking a hip hop song to ZM or the Edge. They're yeah, not, they're not going to play it. That's right. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, Maybe go to the Beanheads. Maybe go to my if you're lucky. You know, yeah. it's there, there's uh, there are places, but just you just don't waste your time. The stuff that's gonna that, also that, that's pointless. One hundred percent. You don't have to mind. Well, you also don't want to. Yeah, you might. Yeah, just yeah, the ones you like. <laughs> you don't want to piss anyone off because yeah. that yeah. that email or that hardcore pitch you might do to the wrong entity. Those people also talk to. Yeah, maybe yeah, the, maybe maybe the right yeah. entity, and yeah, maybe or they could even be the same. Who knows? You know, yeah. Sometimes they are. Um, so it's kind of it's good to be intentional. So don't don't blast all, all your stuff out to everyone. Mm. Yeah, be yeah. Make, make, make sure it's targeted because yeah. it's it's far better to send a hundred emails that are on than a thousand that are yeah. that are off. Because yeah. the negative vibes you're going to get from the thousand that are off. Yeah, yeah, nullify the hundred good ones. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, yet again an old an old wives' tale. I used to work in restaurants growing up and. One of my mentors was, yeah, it takes um, takes ten good reviews to offset one bad one. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah, quite true. Yeah. yeah, and even those stars online will uh, will attribute to that. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we have a little chat about so like where you are now? So is it you're a co-director? Mm, yeah, co-director of Big Pop. Yep. What I want to get everyone thinking about, and I was talking to you about this um, before you came in, is just looking at a career and being okay with it taking a while to kick off because what a beautiful thing it is if we're still in the industry a few years down the track 20 years down the track whatever it might be and what those jobs can evolve into that can still be completely creatively satisfying and be doing like what you're doing today where did you kind of start getting into music? Can we yeah. do a little timeline back to how you become, you know, co-director of a label? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, you, yeah, you're, you're touching on some really powerful 
powerful points there. So like, I'll, I'll try and do my best. And my music for me was an emotional shield. As you can tell by my accent, English was my first language. Music was my first language. It was the way I could communicate to people. Um, I came to New Zealand as a as a fifteen year old, so like a yeah, for me, picking up the bass guitar, playing in bands was a way of being a little bit cool without having to say anything. So that was kind of mm. yeah, music has been my emotional shield ever since. It's 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 precious um, on many levels. Um, in terms of kind of sort of uh, a career, I mean, I played in bands, and we were talking before. Um, I played in bands. I started early, so I got played in bands from sixteen to about 21 and then i didn't touch an instrument for about almost three years you know kind of totally didn't touch nothing and um kind of um did other things i kind of learned and then after and then purely by chance i um i was working on a building site that was part of an extension of a recording studio so as yeah mm -hmm. my kind of interest was peaked oh. so i started chatting to the guy that was kind of building yeah whose building it was, and it's, oh, yeah, 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 I play a bit of music, or I used to play a bit of music. Oh, come on, hang out. We kind of vibed, and um, he kind of gave me sort of a little bit of a part-time job of ghosting him. He was a synth player, like, and yeah, old prog rock, 70s dude, yeah, and he would go demonstrate these big-ass synths that would cost $25,000 each at different music fairs around Europe, and I would kind of ghost him and wow. use an early sequencing package, sit in the corner and kind of record him, his MIDI and then make him sound really good on the way back out. That was wow. kind of, that was kind of my in into programming. Mm. So like I'm, I moved from bass player musician into, yeah. Dealing with yeah, some yeah, pretty. Yeah. Becoming, becoming, software. yeah, yeah, yeah. Modern, modern software. So it was really, it was really technology that kind of got me into doing more things. When I came back to New Zealand, that was kind of my start. I started making music with other people, played in more bands, yeah, got, got super busy, did a lot of session work. I did, man, I did tons of session work. In playing the, bass. In, playing bass, yeah. yeah. And, and, and sequencing a bit, but mainly playing bass. Yeah. Anyone from, Straw People, OJ Rhythm Slave, DLT, played bass on all that, all the okay. tracks. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, and sort of um, good time. So, so meeting a lot of people, yeah, through that, yeah, but still doing another job for, for, for paying my rent. I was cooked. Yeah. I was cooked food or washed dishes or, yeah, whatever. That was kind of my, my yeah. main, my main. And my breakthrough really in terms of it turning into a job was, it was kind of twofold. I kind of don't know if you know Simon Gregg. You know Simon Gregg yep. from from yeah from the box days. Uh, he he approached me, and I'd, I'd worked with uh, Anthony Iwasa or Anthony Gold. He changed his name now. So um, um, on some on some music for um, a label called Deep Grooves, and Anthony had been approached to write the songs for the first pop star series. And so mm. Simon was managing him at the time, and he said, "Oh, come, yeah, come, come and hang out, and maybe you can, yeah, work with Anthony and produce him and kind of this kind of stuff." So that was that was my first proper paid production role, and that was kind of okay. Between that and I had a couple of short film jobs at the same time. It was okay. I no longer have to work in kitchens; I can just work on cool. work on music. So I took the plunge at that point, but I was thirty four years old at that point, so mm -hmm. that was kind of yep. Mm. I'd been. Yeah, like I said, I started playing music at 15, 16. That's how long was that? 18 years, 16 years or whatever. A long time yeah. between yeah, starting out and that actually being a job job and being really fortunate as well because, I mean, at the same time, I'm still every day surrounded by people who are way more talented than I am from my generation or 
young or old or whatever, who aren't as lucky as I am. Yeah, so this uh, and that's a that's a real thing. So I I see that, feel that every day. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So is there a message in that? I think the only message is don't don't put all your eggs in that music basket to create your happiness or your financial well being. Yeah, be kind to yourself along the way, mm-hmm. and mm. like yeah. My mum always used to say, when are you going to get a real job? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've heard that many times. Yeah, man, I still get yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just being being careful around that. The idea that music is a occupation or a career move, is that's a tricky space. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, and we all know that. You know, the three of us, we, mm-hmm. we know that really well. Mm. Um, it works sometimes for some, but for most people, it, that bit doesn't work out. I mean, music gives all these other things, yeah. community, self-worth, joy. Yeah, it's, It gives all those things. Money's just a tricky one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you basically got right into production. Yeah, into I, I, I mean, people. I kind of segued from, yeah, yeah, I oscillated between co- being a composer. I kind of, I worked with uh, a woman called Victoria Kelly, who's a, genius yeah. classical composer and I was because of my technology kind of thing and which is yeah technology's been my friend or the evolution in technology's been my friend all the way from yeah early sequencing to sampler technology to DAW technology I've always been felt I've been at the right time the right just accidentally right time right place with all those kind of uh, evolutions so I've worked with Victoria a lot and so she would really take care of the actual composition in a classical sense and I would provide all the recording and the digital texturing and yeah help her out with with that and we worked on yeah we worked together for a good maybe four or five years we did quite a few feature films and documentaries and tv shows and stuff like that so that kind of really taught me a lot about the business side of 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 music um at sort of similar time there was a, a collective called Cog Transmissions uh, which yep. was yeah, a group of people, uh, multiple kind of label entities put on parties that price of entry would give you a CD. So you, yeah, people would leave with our music. Yeah, local music mm-hmm. was a nice way of kind of end of a sort of at the beginning of CD, CD being affordable to be made locally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so it was kind of a nice way of of distributing music and bypassing yeah the conventional. Mm-hmm. Um. And that taught me a lot about label label stuff. Um, yeah, so mm, that was really so the, that, that, that was really that was that to... was really the setup. Yep, and then yep. Yeah, interesting. Yep. So there's so much community stuff. It's all about community and, and, yeah. and collaboration. Yeah, and there again, yeah. and letting things come your way because you're putting in the work. Yeah, and you're, which just happens to be the right place at the right time. And and uh, I know, and this uh, this sounds sort of kind of. A bit wankerish, but it's it's for me. It's never been about earning the money. It is about that the money's a consequence of doing that. And mm. I don't know. I've done a lot of things, and I still do a lot of things that don't earn any money, or that they're, they're not motivated. They're not motivated by that. And I think, in a way, I've been like I said, I've been super lucky. Mm. It's that that's worked out. And I think those relationships. And I've, I talked about straw people a little bit before yeah. playing a lot of session stuff. My very first band was with Paul Cassidy, who was in Straw People when we were mm. like 15, 16 years old, and I'm just helping him make his 
they're, they're just doing another stroke people album so we're talking cool. on, we're talking a long mm. period now still yeah. kind of connected on that musical level those relationships are for life really yeah. and i think all those ones are yeah so then became uh is the creation of big pop yeah was it big pop well, Big Pop, From, no, see, Big Pop was kind of, because I started working with Chris Vandergeer, who's my yep. business partner. We kind of sort of created a bit of a team where I do more of the programming and the kind of the production on that side, and he would do more of the engineering, the production on his side. So we kind of, he would finish a lot of the things that I would start or we working together. So we had this kind of working relationship going to work really well, and then we just kind of got busy. Um, we got yet again got a bit lucky. We started doing a lot of work for a couple of commercial clients, and we hired someone else to help us. And we said, "Well, we need an entity." And Big Pop was kind of like a bit mm. of a play on Big Bang and pop pop art. You know, yeah, sort of was kind of, mm. uh, and it was a bit of a joke at the time. It was never meant to stick, but yeah, <laughs> sort of sixteen years later, it's still there. So it's kind yeah. of yeah, it's yeah. Permanentized now, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was created as a basically a production team, as a production team and, and a commercial team. production yeah. team, yeah, commercial and non-commercial. Yeah, like I said to yeah. you before, we yeah. we yeah we we do quite a few projects that are never going to make any money or we don't get paid for. But it's also that's yeah, yeah. that's balanced out by the ones that do. Yeah. So how did it develop into what you'd now call? A label. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 30 seconds. Uh, well, yeah, no, good. In 30 seconds, cool. Yeah. So uh, the we kind of, we, like I said, we got lucky with some commercial clients and that really took our focus maybe for, yeah, a good seven, eight years to kind of make make sense of that and get that, get that working. And then really the label and the publishing company are sort of a consequence, A, of working with a lot of people in the commercial production. So the beautiful thing is we will be able to bring some of our mates back into the studio environment of yeah maybe paid them session fees yeah it was kind of we're setting up the circle in another in in, in another direction um, and so the labels was kind of hey are you working on that you need some help that we can help you we can yeah here's studio time free studio time uh, oh we can help you with maybe developing your digital strategy maybe you need some help we bring in someone else to help so it was kind of a natural evolution mm. and same with the publishing side as well so oh you got songs. Uh, we can probably play some of those songs through our commercial mm. connections. Yeah, so mm. it, it, yeah, it's a symbiotic relationship. So th those two entities are kind of consequences of the productions um, that we were working on. Yeah, but it was also kind of going back to where we came from. Yeah, we talked about Cog earlier. Talked about Deep Grows earlier. Those um, even Pagan Records, I did quite a bit of stuff on Pagan and um, Murray Kamek's first label, Southside, Wildside. To me, they were very instrumental and in entities and often run, in, run on the smell of an oily rag kind of thing. I mm -hmm. really wanted to kind of bring that same energy. Yeah, community, bring that community around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's ultimately what, what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, these days you're starting to hear people saying, oh, labels, what mm. are they? What are they doing? Totally Do I right. need a label? I'm going to be my yeah. own label. I'm going to start a record label, Yeah, right? Because in, in the writing, we can just say we are a record label, which is what we're told if totally. we're, you know, yeah. signing up through APRA and whatnot. It's very easy to be a label. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You, you can be. You can drive yeah. that all. Uh, what you really just said to me then that like really digs in is the experience and the network over time right. yeah. is what creates the power of what you would call a label. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because you can you can do things, you can make moves, you know 
where this needs to flow to to the next person, which you may not have access to. Yeah, or right? even thought about. Or, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, the, or, the or, fact or, that no one will even listen or, yeah. if you sent it, but if if you guys do, yeah. And 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 and, 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 a t- and a term that I can't that, um, that a f- friend of mine who's a who's a music supervisor kind of uses a lot is a trusted source. Yeah. In the industry, so like I mean. I can come to you and go, well, hey, I know Reese, mm. um, and you play me a song. I'm going to listen to that song because I know you. Um, if that person who made that song came to me, I might not have that time mm. to give that person, not because they're a bad person. I just don't really know them. Yeah. I think that's at every step of the industry. It's also if, the other thing. It's, it's kind of a little bit of a vouching kind of thing. If, yeah, if, you, if, if you – take the time to bring me that song say hey Yost you should really check this song out because I think you might like it mm. that's a personal endorsement for, from you as well so I will li- I will definitely listen to that song because it comes with your your yeah. spirit attached mm. to it you know what I mean mm. and that's that's really at every at, at, at every step in terms of yeah, going back to the label thing and I think yeah, yes you can do everything yourself and some people do great themselves and some people don't need labels I'm, I'm, I would argue that a lot of people don't need labels Maybe until they're at a certain point as well, or mm-hmm. never need a label. That's and that's like I said, there's horses for courses, right? Um, but I th- do think that a proper label, and I think the term labels kind of been misconstrued a little bit. I think some labels are more about, oh, here's an existing recording that's finished, and yes, we will market it, and that's the only transaction that's in that space. Whereas I like to think that we take a deeper. We like to get involved a bit more. Yeah, um, yeah. We will help with the artist making, creating the content. Yeah. Um, yeah, often through studio time or our experience as producers, being able to kind of network the right people to maybe help them finish, mm. um, and then yeah, evolve that into the visual space, and then and then the marketing rollout mm. kind of kind of space as well. Mm. Uh, but it's I think that I think we're pretty unique, and yet again, we're lucky because. It's not the label that earns the money; it's the commercial entity that does. Yeah. So it is. There's a, there's a high level of altruism that sits in that label space. Yes, I'm in a love for something to pop off. Mm. Yeah, could be a long could be a long <laughs> yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, well, like me, you know, studying and coming into the industry, you know, fairly recently, in, in that sense, I suppose, commercially, watching somebody's development, like Chai seeing her, meeting her for the first time when I was studying, I find it quite fascinating that a real world experience has kind of gone through a modern day record label Mm. in Auckland and seeing somebody start doing sessions in LA and and start traveling around and and landing these, um, you know, these endorsements. And so can can you talk us through like a bit of the development of what it looks like when an artist maybe would contact you or you know goes from doing that to a, a team becoming invested in somebody's yeah so career. i think i think i think first and foremost it is yeah believing the artist and mm-hmm. kind of making that connection uh i met chai when she um she was doing some sessions with someone who was using the studio who i didn't fully trust so i thought oh, i better keep an eye on that one yeah, that session because yeah, just need to, you know one of those. It's a little side eye on that one, and and Arthur, and then later when mm, you're actually pretty good, yeah. yeah, and yeah, so kind of just striking up conversation and kind of encourage her to come and spend time in the studio and do her own stuff and kind of um, yeah, mm-hmm. build a catalog and then really just yeah, 
the process with her in particular was kind of just having chats, lots of chats about music, uh, philosophy, uh, culture, where she was from, what she wanted to say, you know, kind of stuff around more the psychology of music or the psychology of being creative and mm. what it kind of means. Um, because when she yeah, first came in, she was kind of rapping over trap beats and kind of just, yeah, mm. yeah, no disrespect, but fairly generic and kind of what she was doing. And it, it was kind of through her having time and maybe connecting with some of the deeper things or the things that she wanted to say or the things she wanted to reflect through her music that I think the special power came out. Yeah, as the, the, the stuff that we've witnessed over over recent years that she's kind of doing and mm. yeah, it made her super special. And so our initial kind of space was really kind of facilitating her creative process and kind of maybe slowing it down a little bit like what we were talking about before. Yeah, don't worry about putting that out yet. And actually she did put out some other stuff which are under a different name See, no one really knows about it because, yeah, yeah it's one yeah. of those ones. Yeah. It's not white, but it's far enough away. No more, no 75%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, it's, and then sort of, you know, allowing that time and then kind of looking for opportunities, you know, um, for her in particular. Um, we ended up pairing up with BMG in Australia, who are really good in the sync world. So, those big syncs like the Apple Music and yeah. FIFA and stuff like that, yeah. that's that's through them yeah and yeah they, they, they've done a great job but mm. yeah she's convinced them to, yeah yeah and made, made them believe her which is yeah which is the, the magic power of a great artist yeah yeah, yeah. again it's just almost uh, taking a step to record in a studio doing I th- sessions i, I think so too and i think too and, being unique and because I mean, there's, yeah. there's there's a lot of artists that kind of where their uh, where their influences in their music are still really obvious yeah, like, mm. yeah, okay, oh, there's a bit of Benny in that, or there's a little bit of, yeah, uh, yeah there's a bit of Drake in that one. Yeah, Drake's always a big one in the hip-hop. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, less Drake, please. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of figuring out what, what that uniqueness is. Yeah, who's who's got that special kind of, yeah, take on maybe life in Auckland or, yeah, something that is really uniquely them. And there's some people that do it really well. Yeah, I mean, I went to, I saw the Mellow Down show the other day. I mean, mm. he's got that, he's got that spirit yeah he's yep. got the avondale mm-hmm. spirit down really well and actually the shiraz guys or whatever you yep. to show hey said uh, they were yeah. they were amazing too juju lips yeah great yeah there's some there's some really talented people doing really cool stuff and they and i think they're just kind of at that point where they're about to really figure out who they are or mm-hmm. what they want to say because mm-hmm. i think it really comes down to that mm-hmm. that journey yeah what we really talk that uh, yeah what we're talking about that sort of um a and Ring kind of process, which used to be done in the background or in studios or in in practice rooms, is now all in public. So, like what we were talking about before, yeah, a, yeah, 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 that development happens in public. Yeah, um, nothing wrong with that. Just kind of just takes it's just a different journey. I, I find it fascinating seeing mm. the developing. Mm, me too. Yeah. I actually really like it. Yeah. You know, especially when you go, oh yeah, you got some magic, and then so, see them a few yeah. years later. Man, you you really nailed that. Or mm, you go, you've got a little, so you got a little slippery. Yeah. It's yeah. when I hear yeah. the end result that's not very good without the story of the development behind it. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's just another a, a song that I don't enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if I if I'm invested in the story leading up to it, yeah, it's like, man. oh, I can see potential. Now I don't see a bad song, you know, for want of a better term. I just see, you know, development. Yeah, someone's like, oh, potential. Yeah, yeah. 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 Someone's Keep going. Someone's journey. Rather than skip. <laughs> yeah, because it's so easy, and especially with, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm as guilty as the next person. I mean, I'm a terrible skipper. 
um, yeah, get to get to a chorus and or a hook line, and yeah, I'm on to the next one, which is terrible. Yeah, um, it's not very often I have the mind, time, or energy to kind of listen to a whole record from start to finish. It's it's a rarity. That's <laughs> yeah, but it's a real luxury. So that, um, that's a shame on me, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's also an indication that they're just being too much music for for me to kind of handle anyway. Yeah, yeah or it could yeah. just be the song. Or could just be the song. Yeah, let's hear. I have songs that I can listen to. Or you've heard it before. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Could, and, and this is kind of the thing too. Yeah, I mean, and the way production is done as well. I mean, there's a lot of machine gun hi-hats. I mean, how many more times do I need to hear machine gun hi-hats? Yeah. I've heard them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've heard every yeah. rhythm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for the next one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they still work. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It's kind yeah. of, um, so sometimes you kind of tap out a little bit on that kind of stuff. Well, I do anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got the same kit. Everyone's got the same kit, but, yeah. and, and 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 there's power in being slightly generic or mm-hmm. belonging to, because that's also the good thing in that is is that it, it 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 you're selecting your tribe. You go, well, I like 808s and and tiny high hats that go really fast. That's yeah. that's that's my crew, or mm. I like big banging live drums, and I'm an indie. I'm an indie kit. Yeah, that's it's there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, the better ones will float yeah, to flow yeah. to the top over time, or yeah, yeah. But you will get welcome with open arms. Yeah, totally. There's um, a community. Yeah, totally. If you like, yeah, because if you if you're in that zone, you can rock up to any show and feel comfortable. You could jump on a stage, and people would probably not be weirded out straight away. You know, yeah. So it's that there's definitely comfort in that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. 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 If you yeah, if you want to go down that route and yeah. yeah. And and often for me as well as kind of and this is quite often with um, like take Afrobeats for example at the moment to me that's a yeah it's a it's a it's an extension of Jamaican dancehall right so it's, yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah rhythmically quite similar great rhythm yeah I love it and yeah it's got so much potential and it's been yeah that's that rhythm has worked for a long time what I like is someone that's not yeah what I like is someone that might find the essence of that rhythm or that beat style but bring something slightly unique to it so yep. that it feels like it's from here as opposed to someone that might be from Lagos or from yeah from yep. from Jamaica you know what I mean mm. so it's because we're not from there we're from here so, yeah. so, so I do think that that local is still that's that's the magic right there you know yep. I think if you can if through your music you can say where you're from without saying where you're from yeah I think there's something really and you guys yeah, yeah Back in the day, you guys did that magically. Yeah, with, uh, mm, with that was all an accident. That was, <laughs> but, but that's it's always just an accident. No, no, no one really intends to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I suppose that is that is true because you you actually took what was you, right? Well, really, it's like mixing, real. everything mixing, mixing hip hop and, and stuff. How Nisha Mystic came out. Yeah, yeah. We we approached the game like not even developed. You know, just had a handful of songs that none of us even read only one of us wrote and we tried you know tried the the smoke free rock quest 1999 yeah and came nowhere you know that's how amazing how amazing (laughs) your very very first song and you're putting it out there you know um, but you know, for us, it hurt more because it was in person. Yeah, yeah. You know, didn't even make through the heats. I did. No way. I can't. I can't believe that. Like then developed through that year. Yeah. Um, based on the feedback of why we got rejected. And it was like, okay, well, we'll take it as criticism. And then the next year, it got a little bit better and better and better and better. Yeah. 
and the rest is and, uh, and literally if, history. If you, if you had to put time on from when you guys did that first show to when you kind of had your first breakthrough, how many years? How, how many years well, was that? There was quite a gap there. Yeah, yeah. Like five years. About that. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that, I mean, I think that's or, yeah. yeah about. And so that's five years of hard graft. Yeah. 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 I think failure. Yeah, the other thing is failure, or yeah. And actually, I think we, you know, it might have been a little bit less. Probably about three. Like yeah. I said, it was all an accident. Yeah, we got very lucky. Right time, like right music, right. You know, yeah. everything was all the stars aligned. It was like, yeah, yeah. And you can't, and you, and you can't, you can't make that stuff happen mm. without it just being an accident. Yeah, you you, you like it to be that way. Yeah. And actually, Chai is a very good example like that as well. Because, I um, mean, we, we kind of pushed a little bit in terms of marketing. But it was all her. I mean, it was kind of it was around the, the first single that she dropped was right around the time when women and young women in Iran were taking the veils off around the Middle East, mm. and that song is, is is basically a rise up kind of song. I mean, that just made a lot of sense. You yeah, know, she got a lot of views out of Turkey and Morocco and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. wow, there's, some, there's something here that is yeah. actually bigger than yeah than Auckland. Yeah, yeah. Um, amazing video. Yeah, an amazing video. Yeah, yeah. And, and just it's a, an but, but but right the, the right time, totally yeah. the right time. I guess that's one thing that artists don't really think about when they're when they're thinking of you know like as as their persona of yeah themselves like as as an artist and like how they hold themselves yeah, yeah well, man. and and a one of you know the easy way to think about it is like in ten years are you still going to be proud of that version of you mm. you know like are you going to look back and be like yeah like I'm, I'm or, really glad I did that or, or feeling a bit embarrassed you know, right yeah, yeah or yeah. are you going to help the label with deleting your back catalog yeah. you know. Um, I think it's so true, and I mean my own journey because I've never been a big artist, but I've done, I've released a lot of music in my life. Yeah. What and because I'm kind of yeah, yeah. I'm almost old. Um, yeah. yeah it's, uh, my connection to the music is not so much on the quality or that, but it's actually I go. I, it takes me back to the time I made it and the people I made it with. So mm. if that moment feels good, that music still feels good, and mm. that's that's kind of my connection, my yeah. personal journey with that. Yeah. It's a bit different to yeah, being a pop star, though. So it's, uh, yeah. Mm. A few quick fire questions. Dave, thanks them up if you got any, because I've, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. F- failure is the best best thing. Yeah, because yeah, uh, what you were talking about before, because I really wanted to drop that in, because, yeah. yeah, failing at things is really awesome. It's a bit, failure is the best teacher in the world. So, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah, give, don't, don't give up. Songs, don't, don't give up. You know, yeah. 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 You know, you might have put it out and, Turns out it got released towards the wrong market. Yeah, totally. You know, and they don't like it. That, that doesn't that's mean okay. it's bad. Yeah, that's no. okay. It just means you haven't connected to the audience yeah. that likes you. Yeah. Wrong avenue. Yeah. Try the next door. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And how often the unexpected ones that you didn't realize you had a fan that just happens to like your music. Yeah. Well, imagine our surprise. Like, what? They like us in Japan? Like, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What's that all <laughs> about? Do even know what we're talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how awesome. Absolutely. What a great journey. Love it. I wanted to ask you... You know, because we're trying to give the audience realistic views on the world from experienced people in the industry. So someone coming up in music, there's a lot of people that are popular, that are getting a lot of plays, that are doing lots of things in social media. But we know that there's a lot of stories that these people still have jobs, Mm. you know, for a long time. How are new artists or how are artists that are just kind of breaking through and making a career but how are they making money Whew, big question so break mm. breakthrough i mean i'd say very few people are making any money mm. um there's a lot of smoke and mirrors yep. so like, i mean if you look at the artists that you might like they probably have a job 
either that or maybe they got a trust fund or some other yeah. kind of form of yeah. Yeah, assistance. Uh, and it's a whole other topic about the sort of slight mm-hmm. bias and elitism that yeah is in yeah. music. And I, yeah, I, we're not touching on that today, but that's <laughs> definitely a bugbear. Um, so how do people make money? Really good question. Or when I mean, people are first making money as well. Oh, well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah first making money. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, you're not going to make money off one song. I mean, if you kind of look at streaming royalties, a million a million plays might gross you five grand. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to get a million plays. It's really hard to get a million yeah. plays. Most of the artists that we work with, we're really lucky to get 50,000 plays. That's a really, we're really happy with that. Mm. So you're talking a fraction of that kind of money coming through. That's to make that song, to make the video, to make... Do the marketing, yeah. you name it. You're not gonna. You're not making any money there. You're losing money still at that point. Yeah. If you're lucky, yeah, sort of in taking a chai example, get a couple of sinks. There's definitely some money in that space. Yeah, depending on how popular you are and how right on the song is, that can vary. This, yeah, from a wee bit of money to yeah, quite quite significant. Yeah. I would say the most tangible way to make money is by playing live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. and yeah, if you. Want to make a hundred bucks? You can probably make a hundred bucks playing live. Yeah, you won't make a hundred bucks out of streaming. Yeah, not of one song. Yeah, that's just, just, just that's just the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just not going to happen. Like it's just that, not going to so, happen. Yeah. Sync if you get to the stage. If somebody, yeah. you know, you might get lucky on a sync. And, too, and, if you and, do and, one of those yeah. kind of movie like a, covers or yeah. something, and it just happens to be found. I know. And and, and sync sync is a funny place because sync. If an artist is really popular and they've got a well-known song. Everyone wants a piece of that because, okay, we want to be associated with that artist or that's right on for us because we know the song. Yeah, our clients will hear that song and think that we're cool because we like, yeah, that Benny track or whatever. You know what I mean? Because I remember, um, was it Lord? Was Lord's first big um, song? Royals? Yeah, Royals. When she signed a publishing deal the day after, there was a Samsung global um, ad that went out, anecdotally, gossipy. That was worth a million dollars. So she signed the publishing deal, and and mm. they they'd already set up this deal, of course. Yeah, roll out. So, but th- that song was huge, and yeah. it was right on the zeitgeist, and it was kind of right at the right moment. Global campaign, million dollars. Maybe it wasn't a million dollars. It would have been yeah. a shit ton of money anyway. Yeah, yeah, more than any of us ever seen before in our lives. Yeah, it's, but that's because the song was hot. She was hot. And, yeah, everything was right. Yeah. The other side of that is. A lot of music gets used. I mean, you look at YouTube, you look at you know, anywhere, TV, little ads, little yep. radio, little mm. this, little that, little background songs in a TV series. That's all about just getting your music in front of the right person at the right time. Yeah, they look at they're looking for a hip hop track with a an Avondale vibe. Yep. Yeah, it's mm. it's that's connecting people at the right time. So that's that's about building networks. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, like, I guess, you know, one thing that, that I've taken from your story and other musicians and other, I guess, successful people in music that, and I mean success as in you've been able to sustain a career in music. Mm. You know, success is not the big house and all that. Nah, success man. is like you're still doing music. Still, still smiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Know, still only one good. job and it's yeah. music. Um, you know, you were saying that, you know, you started off as a, you know, bass player doing session musics, you know, if you're a singer listening. And actually, like, yeah, I mean, if I, if I even go back, yeah. I never used to charge for the sessions either. Occasionally someone will slip me 50 bucks or something. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those sessions, definitely on on um, 
on all those original projects. Yeah. I mean, very rarely was there any money for those. They were yep. just, I just wanted to do them. Yeah. And, yep, bit of ego probably, a bit of, um, a bit of, um, that was my, my place of self-worth. Like yep. I played bass on that track and, yeah, made me yep. a little bit cooler or, yeah, up my Agreed. stakes in the yeah, in totally. yeah. the in the whatever minor stakes or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know? and and yeah, that wasn't really intentional, but I don't know. Always having been a bit of an outsider, I've always felt I've had to overcompensate on that side a little bit. Mm. So that's that's definitely a driving factor for me. So it's yeah, yet again, yeah, 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 yeah. And I learned late in my career that you know, like um, when we talk about making money. We forget to emerge, immerse ourselves in all of music, mm. you know. So, like, like I was going to say, you know, if you're a singer, you know, your songs are not the only ones that you can sing on. There's other songs out there. Oh yeah, your voice, you know, is going to sound great on. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a, um, you know, singing backing vocals. No nah, man, or, uh, that's a that's a really good point. Yeah. I, and I know you guys do a bit of audiobook stuff. I mean, uh, yeah. and yeah, we do similar kind of things. A lot of voiceover work, and yeah, there's quite a few artists. That are noted on the books of um, what do you call it? Talent, uh, vo yeah. vo voice talent. Yeah, yeah. As, as, as a as a way we do. Yeah, I've we, known a couple. Yeah, I've known a couple rock band um, lead singers who have been the voice for Vodafone. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, every now and then, and you know, and it was and actually, like and actually Kings at the moment because I hear them on 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 on, oh, on, 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 on the on the Warriors all the time. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's yeah. it's not just you know because sometimes we get narrow minded like. One, one of my failures, uh, I guess, from the past was that I can humbly say this now. I was an amazing guitarist mm. because I'm, I'm shit now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know the fingers don't do yeah, what, yeah, what the brain just, wants to do, bro. Yeah, yeah, the body and brain yeah. can't be bothered, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was an amazing guitarist, but I, I never really played on other people's music. Mm. And one of the things that helped me back was just I, I was too comfortable in my comfort zone. So I was, you know, when I'd be playing with the boys, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, this is go hard. This the zone here. Whereas, yeah, yeah. like, I was too, I was too nervous to fail when I would play and for other people's. And it's a, it's a really good point, actually. I was really lucky because I mean, I'm a pretty good bass player, or I, I was okay. And I'm a bit like you; my fingers don't do what the, what the yeah. brain, what the brain yeah. thinks it can. Yeah. Um, but yet again, and yeah, I was, I was pretty lucky. I worked with a guy called Mark Tierney a lot, who was the engineer and half of Straw People. We were kind of sort of similar in the sense that we were on the same cutting edge of technology, and he would really chop a lot of my bass lines into. I just I just use that loop and this and that. So he mm. he working with people that make you sound good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was lucky to work with a few people that make me sound good. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was lucky. And that's that. okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah hey, that, nothing. That hey, no, the, hey, no shame in that. Industry, right? Uh, although, was, although you didn't hear it here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all played. <laughs> a lot of people were like, "Dave, like you sounded great on that song," is because I was editing my guitars. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, yeah. so. And I still do it. I mean, when I play Absolutely. bass lines, I have a little chop. For making money, like on top of that, I wasn't just editing my guitars. So I would do a lot of um, production for mm. other people. Yeah. So that, that was another skill like, that I picked up. And when our albums were being mixed and mastered, if it wasn't me doing it, I was sitting with that engineer that and, was doing it. And, and just seeing and, and, and was, learning, right? Yeah. yeah if it yeah. was right till 6 a.m. in the morning, I was there. Yeah. You know, and just almost like prolonging the session because I was picking their brains. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, oh, you made us something there. What was that? Yeah, what did, wow. what, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah, you made it sound then, better. Yeah. So putting myself through that, now I'm able, like, that's another way that I can, I can yeah. bank. I think, you, I, yeah. I think you've, you're touching on a really good point, especially in today's environment too, where production sits on a laptop often. Mm -hmm. It's kind of 
and yet again, often done in isolation, but you, you grew up in studio environments with yeah. engineers, with maybe an external producer sometimes, them, yeah. diff different people, um, and, and often different engineers, you know, yeah. you know, kind of, so you're learning a lot. And I think, so I think, A, there's jobs in production and yep. there's ways of kind of monetizing some of the things that might fall outside of your artist career, like you know, session yep. singing, session playing, yep. doing some yep. beat making for other people or whatever. Um, but I do think one of the things is that that isolation thing, I think encouraging people to be more collaborative mm. in that space is yeah. really, is really yeah. good. Um, so that you can kind of learn how to, as a producer or even as an artist, how to kind of compromise yourself enough to yep. do the best for the song or to do the best yep. for the other yeah, artists. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you see this uh, undoubtedly as yeah. often as often I, as I see that as well. Come, yeah. That's a great tune, but it's actually your tune. It's no longer their tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just putting together that that package and just letting people know, like, just just try different things like mm. all of those extra little bits are going to advance your career at some point unless you can predict you know how it's going to do it you might as well just go with the flow because yeah. you don't know who you're going to meet that's in the booth recording you doing a voiceover right. you know right. you walk into a studio and say oh d don't worry about it i'll do it and someone goes man you're cool come on to it you know like it's, it's just unlimited totally right? and i think a little bit what yeah. you what you alluded to before dave as well is, is, is the um just being available and mm -hmm. and I think one thing that has worked for me is if you say you're going to do something by a certain time, do it by a certain time yeah. Yeah. Um, because you can kind of be half as good as someone else but if yeah. you deliver on time and the other person doesn't deliver, right. you're still going to get the gig. So, it's, um, so it's kind of, I think that punctuality or dependability, punctuality is a horrible word because I'm not actually that punctual, <laughs> uh, but I am quite dependable. Yeah, yeah. Like if I'm going to say I'm going to do something, yeah. I, I'm 10, yeah, that's very, yeah. Uh, yeah, not very often I miss. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really crucial quality. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's really those personal skills, making sure you, yeah, because we all see that. Some people say, oh yeah, get it to you tomorrow. And then yeah, a week later, something might come. Yeah. And it's no, there's no malintent. It's just kind of a, it's just a phrase. Yeah. But I think if you're going to do something. Yeah. Mm, and then yeah. communication on, in that sense, most people are pretty good, even if you've moved the delivery date. Yeah. No, totally. And, yeah. And if you say, Hey, look, I need, another, I, I need another day. Sorry. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, no one, yeah. no one really minds unless no. there's a stupid deadline, but it's on, yeah. on the whole, that's fine. At least fine. you've been advised. Hey, but, yeah. man, but, but if is, they don't hear anything, yeah. It's yeah. a little. That's a little tiny red cross. Yeah, yeah. 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 You don't want to, You don't want too many of them. No. Yeah, yeah. Not not worth holding on to it. Communication's a big one, eh? Yeah, man. It's massive. Most people are pretty flexible yeah. and, and pretty chilled. Yeah, I yeah. think that's on on every level, really. Yeah, because you're totally yeah. nailing that. It's like I mean, whether you're dealing with a PR agency or want to get an interview on the radio, yeah. or, or I mean, yeah. it's all about just get coming across well and making sure that you kind of say the right stuff. Yeah. at the right time. And sometimes if you want to catch somebody important, you know, like reply when they reply mm. because, um, uh, mm. you know, they're staring right at your message. So once you see the message come through, the sooner you can reply to it, yeah, like go straight away. Yeah. Hot, yeah. Don't uh, wait till the next day and go, oh, I'll respond to that later. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, got, I've got a bit of a, a, a system still to this day uh, and your computer screen. Yeah. I need to, they can't. Go off if it's emails. They can't go off my computer screen. I got quite a lot of emails, so that's yeah. 
it's um, so that's sometimes a bit of a fight. Yeah. Uh, but I need to kind of process the emails. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them I don't need to read that much or you know, a lot of spam and shit, so I can delete them. But I'm I'm really fastidious and staying on staying on top of communication. So I think yeah. they're really vital. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if I email you and then I'm waiting, you know, and you're yeah. sifting through all of that, and you finally get to my email, and then you reply to me, I'm not going to wait for the next wave of, you know, like spam for you to sift through that. Yeah, 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 reply. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I've got your attention right now. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah well, we're, we're, talk, we're talking now because it's kind of like, yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's close to real time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's or, right. Or, or ideally, it's because I yeah. know you're looking at the yeah, screen. Yeah, I'm like, oh, quickly. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, no one wants to be left on red, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so cool. Much. Well. Thank you very much for yeah, thank you for uh, having so, this yeah. chat. So nice um, to chat with you guys. It's actually, it is really nice to just sit down and have a, a, a proper chat. Like yeah, no, we, we catch up and, and get to know each other at all these different events. But um, I've always wanted to kind of dive back into you know your your backstory a little bit more. And, yeah, cool, and ask some questions that I had stored up for you. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not boring, not too boring for anyone. Oh, definitely right? not. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. No, there's there's so much useful stuff in there, and um, it'd be great to you know as we're developing and working on all this stuff, like get you back in for yeah, man, um, for a, for a round two. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, because yeah. there's probably a few little yeah modules yeah in terms of yeah you, you could. Yeah, yep. we, could, yep. we, could, we could have a chat about some shit. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Well, thank you very much. Thank you too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, we didn't record. Oh, damn. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> you have been listening to The Way Through by Crescendo Studio. Your hosts were Reese Muir and David Arthur. Sound design and engineering by Reese Muir. Produced by Joanne Luxton. Crescendo Studio offers music, audiobook, and podcast production. And all proceeds fund youth music mentoring programs.